You're listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast with Carol Joy Side. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Did you know we have a new website? You can check it out at homeschoolmadesimple.net. We've put together a free ebook for you to learn five essential parts of a great education. When you click the Start Here button on our website, you'll get the ebook and take a step toward a research based, interest led, literature rich way of learning. We've all heard the saying, the days are long, but the years are short. And while that's true for each individual child, what about when you have a large family and it seems like you'll never finish homeschooling them? In this episode, Carol talks with Dan and Kara Beck, parents to eight children, five of whom they've graduated with three left to go. They share the challenges that come with the long homeschooling journey and how they're working to finish well. Listen in. Well, I have the privilege tonight of being with my dear friends, Dan and Kara Beck. They live in the outskirts of the Twin Cities of Minnesota on a beautiful lake. And they um, have been with me through thick and thin many, many years. We've been doing life together and school together. And so welcome, Dan and Kara. Hi. Thank Thank, you. Thank you for having us. Uh, Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your family? Dan, you've been on my podcast. Kara, you've been on. And then uh, your son, Henry, has been on. So we've had three of you. But tell us about the rest of your family. Well, we have um, eight children, five boys, three girls, um, and they range in age from 26 to 11. Wonderful. Uh, they've all been homeschooled. Wow. So um, at this point, how many children are still being homeschooled in your lives right now? Uh, three. Okay. Three of the eight. Three yeah. of the eight. Okay, and one is kind of in a bumper year in between, would you say? Yep, definitely. That's um, our second daughter, and she is um, really doing one class with me, I guess, right now, working and getting ready to go back to Israel for a dance program, a five-month dance program. Wonderful. But she'd be in what, what's called a gap year. Yes, so exactly. She, she could be fully graduated, but we're just rounding some things out with a class here and there this year <clears throat> and that was the state of Minnesota. Yes. And I enjoy her so much and had the opportunity to do some mentoring with her last year. And wow, she's a delight as are all your children. But you. as, as I've known you, I guess about 20 years, would you say, Kira, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's 22. <laughs> 22. Yeah, we uh, met in preschool, right? Yeah, preschool, when our oldest was in preschool. Yeah. No, when I was in preschool. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> 22 years, Lord have mercy. And um, so I've, I've watched you hold the line, not give up, not give in, but um, you're not, you know, college co-eds anymore. You've, you've got some mileage. And, um, and, and tell me about, what it's like now to homeschool kind of another generation almost. And how do you keep that momentum and that passion burning in your soul? Dan, why don't we start with you? Well, uh, 
true fact and to honor Kara, she really has uh, borne the vast majority of the load. Sure. Uh, and, and the passion and the drive and the structure and the, and the um, day-to-day dutiful faithfulness. So um, I don't know. I think, I think like that, like we started, Carol was the driver. Um, we agreed on it, but she started working with you and you knew this uh, working with her back then. And, and now it's, it's um, I'm more involved <laughs> than with, yeah. older, which is good. Yes. Uh, I was involved in different ways then, but um, I think, I think I look at it like, anyone's career mm-hmm. um 28 year old new teacher is teaching differently when they're 48 that's right but still teaching that's so right. i i think that's how i've observed the journey yes it's not the same okay you give me some details on that some some specifics you got some thoughts on that Um, Well, I think that when we began, you know, the reasons we began versus the reasons why we continue just evolved over time, even long, even when everybody was at home. Yes. Uh, And I think that perhaps at the beginning, I was trying to avoid something. Um, One of it was just simply busyness, like the fact that we had so many uh, kids so close together in the school district we were in, we would have I would have been spread out throughout three schools. And so just from a practical common sense sort of way, there was some, there was just a logistical piece. I was really not wanting to do to mm-hmm. all of our kids. And I wanted to be as involved as possible as I could in their um, formative years. Yeah. And, um, and then, but, but beyond that, it really has just become kind of a, more than an educational choice and a philosophy of education into a philosophy around a lifestyle. Mm. And so learning is just kind of what we do all the time. It, it There is definitely set times. I've followed your routine that you talk about in your um, seminars, you know, fairly consistently for two decades. And to be honest, it, it, there is days where I'm kind of like, I'd like to shake it up a little and <laughs> our boat just doesn't go in that direction anymore. <laughs> so uh-huh. there's, a, there's just some things that are just good and true and right and work. And you kind of just keep going with them. And that's just kind of enough. Like it just, I don't have to think about it that much deeper mm-hmm. than just it's, it's a good thing. And it's um, been a beautiful provider for our family to have this sort of liturgical, um, somewhat predictable day um, that given lots of um, kingdom room to be able to talk about all sorts of things and engage their hearts and their minds and their souls, not just simply um, this is school time. It's just, this is just a more structured part of our day. And even still with the older kids, we really seek to be done by 12 or one o'clock. Our kids have always done athletics and they're very, we have a very busy evening schedule. Sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's less, Um, but we've just sort of valued that. And our kids have always worked a ton, either in our own property or outside from us. So it just, those morning times became really sacred time to just really tend to their hearts. And again, like their minds and their souls and the routine allowed for us to not have to be working through what are we doing again today? 
Um, we just kind of knew that that almost became like sort of root memory, you know, and everything else became the opportunity for things to pop up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what just keeps me going is seeing the fruit of those, the mundane, what might feel somewhat mundane after 22 years of roughly following the same idea. Um, it, the, just the fruit of that in our older children's lives. And even in our young kids who just kind of were born and, and kind of fell into that pattern, um, just how beautiful that, that is, that's provided a common ground for all of us. And my, my older kids still actually kind of live like that. Mm-hmm. Really? Explain yeah. That. Um, they just, they have memory of, a liturgical life in their bodies and in their spirits. And they're just very drawn to providing that same sort of um, rhythm structure, rhythm structure in their days. And if, if they don't have it, they recognize Mm -hmm. like they, yeah, they're just not as well, I guess, you know, and, but yet they have the tools of how to get back to that. And I think that, honestly is a good enough reason to continue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I throw in carol on what yeah. cares <clears throat> you know what's different uh, the we we have the evidence of the older kids right. in this it, it is a lifestyle and our philosophies of education and yours and the structure around that and so so we already have the evidence so uh, there's no pressure like is this going to work? Is this worth it? <laughs> that that ship that ship sailed mm-hmm. and burned and sank. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's more like we totally know it works. We we're we're not results oriented. We're more process yes. oriented. And so sticking with the process, um, you know, you don't go to church looking for results. You know, who, who's what results did Mister Smith get out of Sunday? it's a process. It's just an ongoing engagement that you just know is good in your spirit and your mind and your body. Yes. Yes. What are some of the beautiful things you've seen in the fruit of your older kids that you're, you know, looking forward to seeing in the, in your youngers? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I, I will answer the question specifically in them, but I think that the the biggest thing I've seen overall is the faithfulness of God. Mm. That when you're faithful to a little, he he is faithful to his promises, regardless of your efforts. Yes. But he can't not keep his word. So some of the passages that he gave me early on were like, um, I promise to equip you for what I call you to do. And it really released me from from really shopping around, even in curriculum, that if I provided um, a solid foundation or like a garden, like if I provided the really rich soil mm-hmm. or this beautiful feast of of um, an educational process, that he would be faithful to use that the foundation of that to equip them to what he called them to do in particular. And so I didn't really seek to, um, through your, your mentoring and care for me, I didn't, I didn't really buy into the need to do all of the 
the things, um, really even with Charlotte Mason or all the other things that I've loved and have used to formulate my own, you know, some of my own commitments to the, to the lifestyle. But, um, I just, you, I, little things like, you know, just, I, I'm not running an educational center. I'm not running a school with a staff. I'm a, I'm a mom first and my commitment is to their hearts and to obey his commands and his precepts, which have not always been easy. In fact, many days, it was very, very hard to believe that, especially in like a decade. I don't remember because I had eight kids under the age of 15. Like, I don't know what music was out, what movies were out. I don't remember doing much of anything. Um, but it was just really his hand is faithful. He's faithful to his promises. And he has used this liturgical life to equip them for what he's called them to do in in their callings in the in their work life and we are seeing the fruits of that labor in their work ethic and their commitment to their neighbor and their generous spirits mm -hmm. and how they show up um, and give everything they have in situations how they're they're not uncomfortable um, with uh, not knowing they know how to ask questions um, and they're young and they're in process. So none of this is perfect. It's just, um, I think even they, they handle their failures um, with a great amount of integrity mm. and, and that's not always right away, but eventually um, we've just seen the Lord do, do what he promises to do. Yes. Yes. That, that is enough. It's a good enough it's a good enough reason. Yes. Hi, friends. I have some exciting news. My son, JJ, and myself are returning to the land of our roots. On Saturday, January 20th, we will be doing our foundational seminar in Costa Mesa, California. It will be held at Watermark Church. Our handouts, which are only available to those who attend our live seminars, have been revised and updated. And the biggest news is that we have created a brand new American history handout. It will be debuted at the January 20th seminar. You do not want to miss this. Early bird pre-registration ends January 10th. Click the link in the show note to register or go to homeschoolmadesimple.net forward slash seminars to register now back to the show yeah so dan um you have worked long hard hours when your children were growing up and that's maybe lessening a little bit now would you say sure i think so so now that you know i guess my question is where where do you see yourself now pouring into the littles as as you're kind of it's almost like a second family you know you you didn't you haven't had much of a breather but a little breather where you can kind of focus on the littles yeah well <clears throat> Kara's probably the best observer of me mm -hmm. but I'll I'll take a stab at myself um <laughs> um I still maintain um you know like family book time yeah, and talk about that. What reading. is that? Well, we've just um, it. It's been it's been up and down, but it's been there fairly consistently. We just have a book, yes. and kind of this 
pocket of whoever's on the docket, two or three or four kids, yes. spending on the years, um, we'd all just, they'd sit and I'd read. Um, and what it would are some be, books that have really stood out? Oh boy. Um, well, my personal favorite are, is the E.B. White series of Stuart Little and Charlotte's Web. Yes. And Trumpet of the Swan, which is an absolutely hysterical <laughs> book. It's I just love absolutely it. what? Hysterical. Trumpet of oh, the Swan. Oh, hysterical. Yes. Oh, yeah, funny. Just I, I just love his writings. But so we've done that. Um, of you course, we've Gene done Narnie. Uh, but I love Gene Stratton Porter yeah. specifically. So we just went through even with the kids. So they were 16, 14, 11. Yes. Uh, we just went through uh, Michael O'Halloran mm. and a little bit of a stretch sometimes for the 11 year old. Um, but it was, it was really, where do I see it? It's really enjoyable to um, place value on, on good literature, which mm. actually is conveying a good story, not a sermon. Yes. It's just being good neighborliness and, brokenness and recovery and sometimes not and uh i just really like that on some of the books yes. um and i think too just having uh one thing i didn't have much of with the older kids was a like one-on-one -on -one time yes so i've been able to to be part of will's mountain biking and taking fritz to soccer and then having time driving you know, all the things I heard of yeah. 25 years ago, yeah. you know, always grab a kid and bring him with you. And I mean, we, I'd have broken tractors and mowers and I didn't have time to bring kids with me because I was so mad that stuff breaking down in the middle of chore day, you know, like I was just a young, uh, <laughs> air like I was just, it wasn't, that's just what, that wasn't that way but it's becoming more that way. And it's been really sweet, I think with, um, and with, with our youngest, uh, really, really sweet just yeah. to have, and we have less kids in the house. And so by nature, we just have more space to engage these kids because it's 50% less children. That's I mean, right. <laughs> I mean yeah. if you think about it, so that's where I see me. Um, I want to be more like Kara, like she's really attuned really in touch with where they're at, yes. really meets them where they're at. Um, and, and I like that. And I'm, I'm growing in that mm -hmm. from her. Mm -hmm. I yeah. too. Go ahead, Kira. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I think too, as we've aged, like our 52, if I could, if at 52, if I could talk to my 26 year old self, yes, I would have a serious conversation that very like worry about way less yeah. Expect way less, slow down. You know, there's just our, our expectations of ourselves. Um, and then, and therefore then our expectations of our, our oldest children versus our expectations now of ourselves and our expectations of our younger children. You know, we've had to go back to our older kids and be like, you know, still God is sovereign. He knew us and knew why, you know, all of that. But while we, I wish we would have, you know, had the space in our own life to be able to say like, yeah, you're a kid. Like when your friends come over, we don't have to do chores. Your friends don't have to do chores too, to have a play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like 
there was just some little things, but like we were just two two kids that that just really we wanted good for our kids. And even that, like the Lord honors our intentions and, mm-hmm. and the impact isn't always what we want, but, but he is faithful to redeem it. And, and our kids have, have thanked us now for a lot of things that perhaps then they didn't understand, you know, especially as they get out and see other kids that just don't have skills. And right. I think they really appreciate more and more what they were made to do for lack of a better word. Um, and what, what a gift that was. And those are the types of things that encourage us to keep, keep going, you know, even though I, you know, I'm more tired, (laughs) I'm tired different way, you know, but tell me about how you developed work ethic, Dan, I've watched you work with your boys and it is, it's really, it it just blesses my heart, but tell Mm. me, how you instilled that work ethic. You've got, you could have hired people to do your hard manual labor. You've got a big place, but, but you didn't T- talk about that. Um, well, I don't know exactly how I will say uh, one, one thing that comes to mind is I just come from both sides of my parents and grandparents. They were just dutiful, faithful, common people. They didn't talk about it. And so it was completely modeled. Like you mow your grass, you pay your bills, you take care of your car. Like not to you had to do all the work, but the point was, I just, I, I didn't know. I've never known any other life than that. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, so translating that, I think a lot of it was caught. I mean, I just came home and I just had to, there was things to be done. So since the kids were the youngest, as soon as they could start doing something, they would do it. Now, deviously, I would go to Home Depot and buy those little two-foot spade shovels, you know, made for a five-year-old and the short little kids' rakes and kids' snow shovels. And um, I will say it it was more of a, well, it's good to work. So you're creating a value, even before they were of any help, you were creating kind of a fraternity that they wanted to get into, which was the fraternity of hard work, that that was something to aspire to. It's not a punishment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would use for particular offenses, you know, there would be things they would not want to do for <laughs> work, but um, so that would be used once in a while. But I really do believe, um, Carol, that that work is promised, given to us in the garden before the fall. So like, I just I just believe to the core of my soul, work is a good thing. Uh, It just doesn't always give you roses and asparagus. I mean, it has thorns and thistles of which I taught the kids early on sometimes you work very long and very hard and then you have to do it again tomorrow and it isn't nobody gets a gold star uh but you get the joy of it and being a joyful worker right i mean they they sort of will at times poke me and mockingly talk about that um (laughs) but i do believe you work as though you work as for the lord and not for men and i told them that since they were teeny tiny because i believe that actually is how I'm supposed to work and how believers should work. It, it, 
but it's also how you work. So it, that it, is how it, it, is it how wasn't it just something he said, it was something he lived and, and I, they really, they, they really respected that. And I, I, I had the same kind of expectations in the house from very young age, like you make your bed, even when you're little, like even the toddlers in the cribs, like we're, we're taught to pull up their bed and, you know, kind of fold things and lay up their babies. And um, it, it, honestly, it was from like one little chapter in one of Charlotte Mason's books that just talked about like, never let a kid leave a room um, with the drawer open or the um, not closing the door behind them. And that just really stuck with me. And so they just, they had to make their bed to, to in the morning, they had to clean up their floors, you know, they, they had to fold laundry, like it was just obviously appropriately for their age and with help and the siblings helped each other because they all shared rooms. But um, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, hardcore or anything. It was just kind of our, again, like part of our routine. And we, we worked as a family because um, many hands make light work. That was always what we said, like, and thanks, thank God we have many hands and the work light like so you get to do one shelf of the dishwasher not all three you know it was kind of like just trying to find find the positive of that and that just became part of our liturgical life like our routine were, were those those sort of first things and and then we studied and then we we rested and then we had free time mm-hmm. yes. and then sports and then came dinner and then came reading time with dad and then we collapsed (laughs) so you know and then we got up and did it the same the next day you've been listening to the homeschool made simple podcast with carol joy side we'll be back next week for part two of carol's conversation with the becks if you enjoy this podcast would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen Your review helps other people know what to expect when finding the show, and we so appreciate your help. Thanks for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I'm Rachel Winchester. Be sure to join us next time as we help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings. Blessings.